Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. How did you feel when Derek Chauvin was convicted of murdering George Floyd? How did you feel when over the last couple weeks there were multiple mass shootings across our nation? There's a cry in our hearts for justice and there's a cry in our hearts for peace. And we want to make peace that lasts. And the reality is going back to the very beginning, day one, when Adam and Eve chose to eat from the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, from that moment forward, the blame began, the conflict began, to when their son murdered their other son, unleashing violence into the world. And we live in a world where there's violence, there's conflict between nations, between individuals. There are wars going on politically, Facebook wars. Uh, Everywhere you look, there's conflict. And the reality is, conflict is unavoidable. Anytime you have more than two people in a a situation, in a relationship, there's going to be conflict. My wife is Sicilian. She married a Norwegian Viking. And sometimes it feels like the Vikings versus the mob. We have conflict. Surprise. I'm sorry to tell you that. Maybe you're like new to this whole Christianity thing and you thought, okay, if you become a Christian and you have a marriage, you're going to be perfect and never have conflict. But the reality is conflict is real. Anytime two people come together to do anything and we want to seek peace. We want to be people that seek peace. In fact, Jesus calls us forth to be peacemakers and promises us to to give us a peace that transcends this world. But that doesn't mean we're going to avoid conflict. In fact, what I want to tell you today is that I don't believe that that it means that we're going to be lifted out of conflict, but I believe that, that we're going to be bringing peace into the middle of conflict as Jesus followers. And so, Thank you for joining us today as we continue this message series called In Person. As this word is a new word to us, but it's become so common now you have to define, is it online or is it in person? And those of us, you're joining us online today. Uh, It's going to be a big shocker when we get back together in person. I can't wait, to be honest. I can't wait to have the masks off, to be hugging people eating some pancakes out here at Hope Church uh, or whatever. But, but the reality is we're having to learn how to relate to each other in a new day, in a new world. And uh, that's why we're, we're seeking how we can make peace that lasts. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. The word peacemaker, it means one who cultivates peace and concord. concord. Not simply trying to stop fighting, but bringing peace of God, the peace of God that the believer has experienced to others. That's what being a peacemaker is. In John 14, 27, Jesus promises us, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. There is a peace that we can experience as Jesus followers that we can bring into relationships and we're meant to. And I want to talk about three things today. The first thing I want to say to you is that real peace is not passive. I think a lot of times we think about peace as like avoiding conflict. We're going to go hide under a rock somewhere or, you know, maybe, you know, uh, you know, maybe just um, try to stop all the fighting. And the reality is we live in a world where there's going to be fighting. There's going to be conflict. And peace is deeper than that. I, I believe that real peace is not passive. Look at what Jesus said in John 15, 13. Greater love has no, has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. That's how Jesus demonstrated peace, by, by laying down his own life, by stepping into the conflict and being a peacemaker by giving his own life. Shalom, God's word for peace is shalom. And it's not just um, an absence of fighting or conflict. It's a word that is active in, in bringing wholeness, in repairing and restoring and reconciling and, and, and stepping in and, and making something whole again. And, and so this word shalom is active. God's peace is working to bring wholeness. And he wants to bring wholeness in our lives. I love what Henry Nouwen said. Jesus, the blessed child of the Father, is a peacemaker. His peace doesn't mean only absence of war. It is not simply harmony or equilibrium. His peace is the fullness of well-being. Gratuitously given by God, Jesus says, Peace I leave you, my own peace I give you, a peace which the world cannot give. This is my gift to you. Peace is shalom, well-being of mind, heart, and body, individually and communally. It exists in the midst of a war-torn world, even in the midst of unresolved problems and increasing human conflict. Does it feel like we, the world is a place of increasing human conflict? Jesus made that peace by giving his life for his brothers and sisters. This is no easy peace, but it is everlasting and comes from God. Are we willing to give our lives in the service of peace? Henry asks us, and I ask you today, are we willing to give our lives in the service of peace? Second thing, not only does, does real peace, uh, is real peace not passive, but real peace comes from his presence. How do we experience real peace? Jesus is the source of peace. Check out this passage from Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, destroying the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Right? He, he broke down the fence. He, he, he destroyed that wall of hostility um, by, by being our peace. Verse 15, by setting aside in his flesh the laws with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. Right? Jesus is making a new humanity. He's inviting us into a new humanity, thus making peace. Verse 16, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. There's that word reconcile, right? To make things right in relationship through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, 
we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Jesus is our peace. His name is the Prince of Peace or Yahweh Shalom, God of Peace. He is the God that brings peace into our conflict, into our fighting, to bring wholeness, not just even to to, to bring a calm. We think about peace. It's like, oh, I just want to have a peaceful day. I want to have a calm day, right? But his, his peace is more than just a calm feeling, right? We had 420 this last week. That was a big day of people seeking calm and peace through the green stuff. But Jesus' peace is so much bigger than a momentary high, friends, that will leave you wanting more, right? Jesus' peace is deeper than 420. Jesus' peace is, um, is actively bringing wholeness to our lives. And it's available to all of us. And the third thing, and this is kind of our challenge to us today, but I'm going to start with me. Real peace starts with me. Like I can point the finger at the police officers, um, or I can point the finger at the people that are shooting police officers, or I can point the finger at the nation that's, that's uh, hostile to our nation or the people. And at the reality, at the end of the day, real peace starts with me. Real peace starts with you. And it starts with us embracing God's peace and allowing His peace to invade our hearts and allowing His peace to transform our hearts and allowing His peace to make us whole and healed. Colossians 3.15 Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace. Did you know that you are called to peace And in order for us to bring peace, we have to let his peace, not just like receive his peace. Oh man, I just want to feel good, but actually let his peace rule our hearts. What does it look like to have, to put God's peace, his shalom on a throne in our heart where he calls the shots, not me. I'm allowing his peace to direct my steps and my actions and my emotions, I'm, I'm putting myself under the peace of God, letting him legislate, letting him lead, letting, letting him dictate uh, the, the actions and the emotions and the steps and the, everything that I do. I'm letting the peace of Christ rule in my heart. Real peace starts with me receiving and allowing his peace to rule. So you got to receive it, number one, but then you got to allow him to rule, right? Jesus doesn't want to just be our savior. He wants to be our Lord. Right? And the same thing with peace. You know, we, we, we need peace to, His peace to save us because of the cross. We have peace with God, but we also want His peace to rule and, and guide our steps. We need to allow the peace of Jesus to fill you and heal you. And, and then it means being sent with that peace, armed with peace. We're sent into places of conflict. Maybe it's a relationship in your life. Maybe it's a friend or a family member that's been estranged for years. And God wants to send you with His peace into that relationship. Or maybe it's a situation where uh, someone else is being harmed. That grieves the heart of God. It grieves our hearts too. And, but at the same time, sometimes rather than just praying for someone in that situation, we need to be willing to be the answer to our own prayers and step into that situation and bring His peace. And sometimes that means taking 
uh, pain upon ourselves or suffering on ourselves like Jesus did. To lay down one's life for one friend, one's friend is how Jesus defines love. And so sometimes we got to live out love in action, in sacrifice, and step into the situation where there needs to be peace and be a reconciler. I want to talk about this reconciliation um, and I want to look at this passage that to me has been a really big uh, message of God in my life. This has been a passage that I've, I've meditated on and I, I pray that I can live this out. And I want to encourage us, I think, as people of, of Jesus, people of Hope Church, this is a message to us that we want to, we want to represent who God is. Check this out. 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. I'm sorry, 14. Through 21. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who should live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So our life is not our own. We don't just live for ourselves and our own pleasures uh, and our own peace. But now we now live for him. Verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in that way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Isn't that good that God is bringing new things? He's bringing that shalom. He's making wholeness. He's, he's, he's making us new. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is the good news, isn't it, friends? That Jesus became sin for us. We all have offended. We all have sinned. We all have done things uh, that have have gone against God the truth of God, the love of God. We've all chosen not love. We've all chosen self over love. And when we do that, we feed into the conflict, right? But Jesus took that on himself. He took all the sin and the death and the dying and the suffering and the conflict. He took it on himself and he died on the cross for us. He became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God, that we can be made righteousness. I think we, we got this like shiny, like gold view of that word. You know, it's like this super religious spiritual word that like, oh man, that guy's righteous, you know, or maybe you think about Bill and Ted's righteous or crush the turtle righteous, right? I love that word because you know what, you know what the meaning of that word means? It means to be in right relationship. Isn't that such a cool word when you think about it? Like, don't we all want that? We want to be in right relationship with people. We want to be in right relationship with God. And I want you to think about the cross a little bit differently today. A lot of you guys think about, you know, it's, it's an instrument of death. It's pretty heavy when you think about it. Um, but it has two, uh, two, two bars, two pieces of wood, right? There's the vertical piece and there's the horizontal piece. And God's, uh, God's peace comes to us through the cross vertically, right? He made peace. We have a right relationship where we have righteousness. We're reconciled. It means to be made right, to be brought into right relationship uh, vertically because of the cross. 
but also, and I think a lot of people stop there. It's like this personal relationship. Do you know it doesn't say that in the Bible anywhere, that you're going to have a personal relationship with God? Because God intended for us to live in community, right? And so when he reconciled us to himself, he didn't just do that vertically. He, he did that horizontally. The, the horizontal bar on the cross represents how Jesus brought peace and right relationship, that we can live in right relationship with one another, that we can be reconciled to each other, but we can also be agents or ambassadors of this reconciliation. Think about even the great commandment. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? And so that's the vertical. We got to be, we got to be loving God, but then the horizontal is, and the second is like it. So like equal, same value, love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? So there's this like horizontal and vertical reconciliation that God wants to bring in our lives. But it doesn't stop there. If you're reading the same Bible that I'm reading, I'm looking at that thinking he, he, he says that he's given us this message of reconciliation. That's why we started Hope Church, because we're here to say, hey, this is good news. You have hope. We, we can be made right with God. We can have real peace, right? And so we're like these ambassadors that God sent into a foreign land, into a, 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 another you know, we're not, we're not citizens of America. We're not citizens of the world. We're citizens of heaven. And we're sent as ambassadors to, to not just talk about heaven someday when we die, but actually bring it here. And God wants to get heaven into us so we can bring heaven to invade our neighborhoods through reconciliation, through real peace that lasts, and to walking towards the conflict and bearing the image of Christ in the middle of these conflicts and sharing this great news of reconciliation, this love, which again, it's not just peace where, okay, someone got arrested, they got convicted. Now there's peace, sort of. Does that reconcile? Does that make all things right? Have you ever felt like that a little bit? Just with the justice that we experience in this world, it's lacking a little bit. And the truth is that God is going to bring about true justice. He's coming back. He's returning again to restore all things, to make things right. That's a good thing. It's also a really heavy thing because that means we're all going to face judgment. We're all, we're all going to have to give an account, right? And so right now he's wanting us to get out there and share this message of reconciliation so people can be made right and to go beyond even justice, but to, be, to bring righteousness, and to bring restoration where there's been loss, where things have been taken, we're to be the people that step in the gap and to bring that love and that peace to people in the way that God did. Um, I love this. Are you on board? I'm on board. If you're not on board yet, check out this other passage. This takes it to another level. Colossians 1, 19-20. For God was pleased um, to have all His fullness dwell in Him. That is in Christ. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. What does that tell me? Because of Jesus' blood shed on the cross, because of the cross, we have peace. And that Jesus is working in the world right now to reconcile all things unto himself. He's reconciling the world unto himself. Like, everything. And so that's the business of God. That's what Jesus is doing. That's what God is. He's in the business of reconciling all things into himself. And whether you like it or not, either here or now or later, we're all going to be part of this. God wants to reconcile. He wants to bring things right. And this is the gospel. This is the good news. 
you know, we only get to see a glimpse of justice and peace in this life, in this world. But Jesus is working and ultimately returning to reconcile the whole earth to himself, making peace through the cross, vertically and horizontally. And as people of Jesus, we're his representatives. We're his ambassadors. We're now sent to be the agents of reconciliation, bringing his shalom, actively placing ourselves amidst conflict and pain to be peacemakers and to bear his image. Will you join me? Are you in? Will you allow his peace to to make you whole? Will you allow his peace to rule in your heart? Will you allow his peace to bring wholeness and reconciliation in the world around you? We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.